Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work. But more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job, or maybe you've been unemployed for a while, or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, it's Sabina. Thank you again for joining the podcast. Fall has happened here where I am outside of DC. I'm so grateful. Summer was hot. I'm ready for a new season, a new change. I don't know whether it's a carryover from school starting in September buying new clothes, you know, school supplies, starting something new. I always look at the fall as a new time to start things. I hope you do too. Some people look at it as the fun is ending, summer's ending, we have to get really serious, gear up for winter. I look at it as just the opposite. And I think that's the only way you can look at really every day is a new start, a new opportunity for change, for something for the better. And I know for those of you who listen, that is crucial because you're listening for a reason. You need something to be different. You need change. You need support. Realizing that every day is a chance for that new beginning, I think is crucial to your success in finding the new job, in navigating your unemployment, and taking care of you. I hope you take full advantage of that. A few things today. What I want to do is start off with a few updates about me, the business, the podcast, some other work that I'm doing, some clients want to talk, as always, about the employment landscape out there. And then I want to hit on the topic of networking today. First, let's look at the unemployment or employment landscape in this country. I've talked to a lot of people recently who feel very, they feel like there's not a lot of quality out there that there aren't a lot of jobs. And I think that's a mixed message. There's always going to be this mixture of good and I don't want to say bad, maybe challenging out there. Some industries definitely have their time of year. If you're a CPA, you can't be unemployed during tax season. Things like that in at the end of the school year when you have college students flooding the job market, of course, it's going to be a little more challenging, especially if you're going for a frontline role. The important thing, I think, in all of this is to 
focus on what you want and structure your job search accordingly. And I hope I'm providing you with a lot of the tools, a lot of the resources to do that. I have seen people become unemployed in the best of economies, and I have seen people find jobs in the worst of economies. All you can do is make sure that you're as prepared as possible. A lot of it, believe it or not, is luck and decisions that are out of your realm of control. That's why I think you should control the things that you can. But don't get too embroiled in what on the news or read online about unemployment. I think that can get in your head. I think that can maybe mess with your mindset as you look for a job. You think, oh, there's nothing out there. Why am I bothering? Because you need a job and you will find something out there. We're talking, oh, it's, oh, it's almost the first day of fall, end of September. And right now, the unemployment landscape out there, it is down a little bit. Unemployment is up. It's up from about, in July, it was about 3.5%, I think I reported to you guys. It's almost 4%. It's the highest it's been since 2022. I don't think that's saying a lot. We got that big post-COVID surge. These seem like nominal figures. I don't think this impacts the average person. It's just good to know. I don't think we're headed for this upward unemployment trajectory. It's just what it is. The one thing I'm finding really interesting is there's this category called U6. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. This is the group that is long-term unemployed. This is a group that it bothers me tremendously. It feels like these are our lost souls in unemployment. These are the folks who sadly may have given up on themselves or necessity has made it so that they take on part-time employment and it's usually more than one part-time job in order to make ends meet, to keep a roof over their head. We track them a little differently. When you get into that groove, sometimes it is very hard to go back to full-time employment largely because you don't have the time to do it or the resources. That number has gone up recently. It was about 6.5% in July. Now it's up to over 7%. It's not the percentage that bothers me. It's the fact that this is a group of people who... I feel like the government labels them as they've given up. I don't think they've given up. In fact, I think these are the fighters of the unemployed. These are the people who are going to make a living and going to take care of themselves and their families no matter what. I think they should be lauded, not put in this category. Again, not my pay grade. But I think it's important to keep watching that. I think we have to maybe look at how we regard this group, the benefits that we give them a little differently. Once you go into earning money, as all of you know who are unemployed, that impacts the amount of benefits you receive, the amount of assistance you receive. And it seems to me this paradoxical thing of not rewarding someone for doing something good and boggles my mind, but there you have it. And if you're in any of these categories, I hope that 
you find what you want and need. I hope that I'm helping you with some resources, some advice. Reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. I talk to people every day and I learn just as much from you as you probably learned from me. In fact, I probably learn a lot more. The bottom line is job growth is happening. It's steady. It's small, but again, it's steady. Keep all of that in mind as you watch the news and see articles online and you're tracking things. It's good information to know. It shouldn't change anything that you do. Keep trying for that job that you want, the future that you want and deserve. I will say this. I'm having clients who are having success and I'm so happy for that. But these are people who are doing the work. They are focusing on what they want and they're all over the map. Some of them willingly left jobs because they were unhappy. A couple were separated from their company. That sounds like such a genteel thing of we separated. It's very conscious uncoupling thing. It's not. It's just a nicer way. We used to say termination, but they've lost their jobs. I also have people who have reached out to me who are looking because they're unhappy where they are. They're going to stay there because that's the smart move. I talk to everyone all over the place because I think you should love what you do. You should feel fulfilled and valued in your job. I've noticed that in spite of this, I think our job market, let's just say flexible. I don't like the word volatile. That's so negative to me. I think this is our future. This is what it is. It's always been that way. We just haven't really acknowledged it. And I feel like we are now. Thanks, COVID. That's what I bl I'm going to blame COVID for everything. But anyway, this month alone, I've had three people get jobs. One person has been unemployed for years. They had a lot of work to do in the self-care area. They spent an incredible amount of time doing it. What I love about this story is that I got an email from them saying, yeah, I, I don't need the appointment that we have scheduled this week because I'm starting work. This is someone who was terrified of starting work because they'd been out of it for so long, but because they did that investment on themselves, the self-care, we talked about what it would be like to go back to work. We even did a thing where they went on the, as they were interviewing, they commuted pretended to commute. They knew what they were in for time and traffic and everything else. They feel as prepared as possible. They're very happy and excited. I am waiting with bated breath to see how week one was for them. I had someone else who returned to their old job. This one fascinated me. They left their job looking for something else. They wanted to be an entrepreneur. They found that it wasn't really for them. They contacted their old workplace after nine months, asked if there was anything for them, and they were told, guess what? We haven't filled your job yet. We would love to have you back. They negotiated a raise for themselves. I love that story. And they're very happy. They've been back for two weeks. There's no animosity. There's kind of an admiration of, okay, you got that out of your system, and things are going great. I have someone else who's been out of work for six months. She just found a job. It's in a new industry. They like that she had this, we talk about it all the time, transferable skills. And she's trying a new career. Really proud of her because that takes a lot of courage 
after a certain age and time to, I think I'm going to try something new that I've always wanted to do. I admire that she leveraged that unemployment period to find out what she wanted, to focus on it. She did do some development that really helped. And again, really proud of my clients. It's a way to say people are finding jobs. It might not happen overnight. You do have to do the work and that when you do, it will pay off. But above all, I think you really need to think about yourself and your self-care so that when you go back to work, you're ready for it. A couple of things, updates for me. If you're interested, I'll just share a few things because I think it's good news. I'm at this really exciting point in what I'm trying to do to build a business, to get people aware of unemployment, to help them in the best way possible. But for me, it goes beyond that. It also is the workplace in general. Some things that are happening. First of all, let's talk about the podcast since you're listening. We are up 20% this month with downloads. I really appreciate that. I get messages every day about the podcast. We keep increasing steadily over time. You can laugh at this. I looked it up this morning. It made me laugh because from a year ago, we are up 4,991.7%. I will mention that a year ago we launched. We have built very steadily. We are heard in over 50 countries. Thank you, the global workforce for listening. I hope you find something useful and helpful. I am getting inquiries from all over the globe about how to navigate unemployment. I will own that I know the U.S. pretty well. I might not know your country, but I probably know someone who's familiar with those laws. And I will do anything to help you. There are things in unemployment that unite us globally. The feeling of frustration, shame, elation, everything that comes with being out of work and finding a new job definitely bonds us all together. Please keep listening. Download, subscribe. I really, you'll find out when we get new episodes. It'll be better communication. I'll find out what you need, but please do that. Share. If you know someone who needs to know about unemployment you think would benefit, share this podcast with them. You'll be doing both of us a service and maybe even yourself. I appreciate that. I will say that our daily downloads are climbing significantly in the past couple of months. They've increased by double every day, which is phenomenal. Other things that are happening, I announced on LinkedIn a little while ago, I have joined with a group called the Higher Calling Foundation. This is a group that helps people in recovery have a second chance at employment. There are all kinds of reasons people lose their jobs. This should not stigmatize them or prevent them from moving forward in their careers. I never would have thought this application of agile unemployment was necessary or possible. They reached out to me. Kevin Heyer, thank you. We'll have a podcast with him later on in the season. It's just one of those great ways to give back and understand that we are all going through something. I'm very excited that this work is benefiting people I never even envisioned. It's an honor and I really appreciate it. Another thing that's happening with me, and I will talk about it 
uh, later in the podcast as I am part of a group called Beyond Lean In. We have a Facebook page. I think we have something on LinkedIn as well. It's a very modest but mighty book tour. It's going to start next week in New York on the 28th, Thursday, next Thursday, in New York. And it is myself and a couple of other female authors. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Authors who happen to be women. And we write about work and leadership. These are in-person events where we will have a panel discussion about employment today, work today, leadership today. We will have a book signing. We'll have a Q&A. It is led by a phenomenal author, Jocelyn Davis. It's her brainchild. She's leading it. She graciously invited me to be present for the events in New York, Boston, and D.C., I might tag along to the other event in Austin, and then there's one more in Los Angeles, but we really hope this grows. All of us are leaders. This is a unique opportunity to find out about the current vibe of work, for want of a better word. Jocelyn has come on the podcast. I've launched part one of that conversation. Her book is called Insubordinate, and I love the title. Because what was insubordinate, even a few years ago, is not insubordinate now. We are changing how we look at work and ourselves and how we interact at work. This tour is a reflection of that. In the interview, Jocelyn commented that a lot of the books on leadership and career advice are stale. They were very, they met that vision. Remember I told you once about the federal government still uses a definition for unemployment from the depression. A lot of these leadership books reflect that kind of stale, almost movie, traditional one breadwinner per household. They do not reflect our current world. I think the authors on this tour do. Follow me on LinkedIn. I'm going to post a lot about it, share about these authors. I'm even trying to get a few of them onto the podcast. I think it's really good stuff for anyone looking to control their career. If you're listening to this podcast, that is you. Other things, finally, I am pretty confident that I'm done with a first draft of book two. Yay, finally, it's only a year overdue. This comes on the heels of, I mentioned earlier, We've hit the one-year anniversary of the podcast. Thank you for your support. The second-year anniversary of Agile Unemployment, the book. I never thought all of these things would happen. I thank you for your support. I hope that I have supported you. And I'm blown away by what I, the book, the podcast, have managed to achieve in a relatively short period of time. And I think we've just gotten started. Keep listening, keep supporting, and above all, thank you. And all of that brings me to what I want to talk about today. And I think I covered some of this in season one of the podcast. It never gets old. Networking. Why I think it's so important to talk about today is I realized the achievements that I mentioned to you, the the book tour, the podcast, the book, the association with the Higher Calling Foundation. All of this is the result of networking. 
And it's not just me networking, it's people networking with me. It's a very unusual kind of path. But I keep telling everybody, networking is one of the best things that you can do for your career. 80% of all job postings don't even make it to the public. They are things that are internal in a company, that people know about, that they share with their professional network. Someone comes to them and says, oh, we need X. Do you know someone? And people say, yes, yes, I do. It could be former colleagues. It could be your bowling partner. It could be a family member. Networking, people being connected, people like that. And they like that they know who they're recommending. They see them in action every day. They know the person they are, their work ethic, their standards, all of that to recommend them for a job. You've built a relationship. Why is this so important? Besides all of jobs not being posted, you finding out about something on the grapevine, someone believing in you and feeling confident to put you forward, it is like getting on the VIP list of a club. Your name is on the clipboard. You get to bypass that line that's sitting out there for hours and go into the VIP section. It's a nice way of getting into a company. I want to share a couple of networking stories about, yep, they're about me, sorry. And then I want to share how you should really work your network. I think it's easy in this day and age to connect with people, but it has to be a lot more than that. So Understand every interaction that you have, everything you do is networking. You should always be at your best. I think you should take a minute and think about, does this serve me? And I don't think that's being selfish. It's looking out for yourself because you shouldn't have anyone in your network who doesn't serve you or who you are not willing to serve. I get that serve is a galvanizing word, but I think it fits for this. There's a purpose to it. That's what I mean by to serve. One of my best networking connections, and the story is in the book, I tell it a lot at events, was at a job interview. I've been trying to get back into human resources for years. And this was before we all really leveraged LinkedIn. I finally got an interview with a great company, and I went. And the recruiter and I just clicked. We had Aaron Sorkin films in common. We had a similar sense of humor. We went beyond the, hi, how are you? We really gelled. There's no other way to say it. And when people like you, they want to help you. She interviewed me for the job. She called me a week later and said, I don't think you're a good fit. I honestly believe she called me not out of courtesy, but because we had built a little something in that interaction. Otherwise, I might have just been an email to her. And I responded saying, you know what? I don't think I am either. I think this job isn't really in my area. And then she said, I have another job, and I would love you to interview for it. And I was like, great. Again, building that little rapport with her paid off. I interviewed with the hiring manager. I did not get that job. 
Very disappointing. Again, though, the recruiter called me back and said, they're going another way. And I said, okay, thank you. It's been delightful. And that was it. This was, again, before LinkedIn, where you updated people and reached out. It went to the back of my head. Over a year later, I get a message on my voicemail. Do you remember me? I remember you. We have another job. I think you'd be perfect for it. I called her back, and I, I was still looking. And I called her back, and I said, I, I don't work in this area. It was for a learning and development job. And she said, no, you have the skill set. You communicate well. You're engaging. People trust you. I haven't forgotten you. The VP of Learning and Development wants to meet with you this week. I met with the VP. Within two weeks, I was working there. One connection, one interaction. I had a brand new career. I also had a very savvy recruiter who knew what she was doing. She is the paragon of recruiters to me. But that's it. One network connection. And it didn't happen overnight. It took over a year for the right opportunity. Keep that in mind as you network. Don't expect those immediate results. It's an investment. It's a long-term investment like your stocks, your 401. It'll grow over time. Your network should be like that a little bit. So that's one thing with your network is every interaction you have, you are networking. Personally, professionally, keep that in mind. Be your best. Be engaging. Keep the other person in mind. It will pay off for you. Really important. I always tell people, don't just, I get it, you start a job or maybe you're feeling a little, I don't know, tenuous where you are so you connect with people in your company. That's great. That's always a nice little compliment. It's good for to have people who you share something with. But also I would say, don't discount people you don't know. And people who reach out to you, I had a very firm policy of not connecting with people if I didn't have people in common with them or something in common with them. And in spring of 2020, I have no idea what happened to me, but I totally broke that rule. I had someone reach out to me to connect. We had no one in common. We had no workplaces in common. I have no idea why they reached out to me. I had worked for some prestigious organizations. I was used to vendors, strangers wanting to connect for those reasons. That didn't seem to be the case. I clicked yes. I never did that before. I didn't think twice about it. A few weeks later, this person reached out and said they were forming a learning collective. Would I be interested in joining? And I thought, yeah, I never really talk to people in my profession unless we work together. This might be nice. We were all starting to go home for COVID. I thought a social outlet would be good outside of work. I said yes. And again, another story that I tell in the book and I tell in speeches. I was coming home from COVID. It's the mid-afternoon. I get a ping on my phone that this person's podcast was live. I decide to listen. Uh, this person is Andy Storch, a great friend of mine. He and his book coach, Honoré Cordor, hi, Honoré, were talking about writing a book. 
And I listened fascinated. They were enthusiastic. They were charming. They were intelligent. And they were happy. I started writing Agile Employment that night. I wrote to Andy saying, you inspired me. I, I started writing. He connected me with Honoré. And then things just snowballed. I had a book. And then I talked to Honoré and I had an industry. I wonder sometimes where I would be had I not connected with Andy, had I not joined the collective, had I not listened to that podcast. I do think things happen for a reason, but we also have to, it wasn't just that those things happened for me or with me, it was me doing the work. I wrote the book. I reached out. Your network should be like that. If those are things you want, it doesn't have to be writing a book. It could be wanting a job, wanting to learn more about an industry, anything like that. Be open. And that's a real important thing. Your network should reflect your needs, your wants, your kind of professional aspirations. You need to surround yourself with people who want what you want or who have what you want. And I know there's this mindset of scarcity out there where people say, there's only so much to go around. There's only one job. There isn't. There's always another job. There's always something out there for you that might be a little better. It'll be different. When you open yourself up to that, those things come to you. My doing the work with Andy, he's so encouraging about this podcast, he's been a guest. It was a great episode. He always asks me about the second book. Honoré does the same thing. It, it's great to have this group in my corner, helping me, supporting me, even just to listen to me. You need that in your network. One thing I hear back about the networks all the time, the networking is reaching out to someone you don't know is hard. And I completely understand. This is my third networking story, and it'll be the last one, I promise. When I was out of work, I joined this HR book club because I felt, again, socialization, something to do, development in my field. And we read this book called The Art of Quiet Influence. I found it very interesting. It was about these kind of Eastern legends and tales that were tied into modern day work situations where the victor, the leader, the person who won didn't do it by battle or sophistry or anything like that. It was through that quiet influence and there were different scenarios. And I loved the combination of things. It was beautifully written. The workplace stories resonated with me. They are some of my favorite workplace stories. I looked at the back of the book and I saw that the author was an alum from my alma mater. And I wrote a note saying, loved your book, love to connect with you on LinkedIn. She responded in kind. And that was it, folks. It didn't go any further. I didn't pursue it. Neither did she. I wouldn't have expected her to. Fast forward to me writing a book, and I was a little more on social media, and I get a, a ping. I think it was on LinkedIn because I was asking people, help me pick a cover. And she reached out to me 
and said, oh, I always like helping a fellow author, gave you my feedback. We started to connect more. Very encouraging to me as I wrote the book. She offered to write a blurb for my book, which in the world of book writing, if you're an unknown and an established author gives you a quote, that's money. That's, wow, that is saying a lot. We have met in person, we have bonded, and going back to one of my original comments as we started today, her name is Jocelyn Davis, and I am now part of a book tour with her. And I look around and I see that I am a part of this book tour. She invited me. She was part of my network. She became a friend, a peer, a mentor, a fellow author, uh, always treated me as an equal I am lucky, but it was my inquiry that got the job, started things, and it sat there for a while because I didn't do anything with it. You can't wait for someone to run your network for you. You have to do it. Once she started responding to me, I glommed on, I'm not kidding, and continued to seek out her advice and her help. She reached out to me for a quote when she wrote her book, Insubordinate. It doesn't, it's not about being known about being an author. It is about that two-way street interaction. Honestly, people connect all the time on LinkedIn, in person, etc. It is really that you do have to make your network work. Three stories about things to handle with your network. You need to be proactive. You need to be open to opportunity. Everything you do is going to tell your network about you. Every interaction is building a network. That sounds like a lot of pressure, but if you're yourself, if you're respectful, if you're kind, if you're courteous, those are really the things that we look for. Yeah, be good at what you do, but I'll be honest, I don't care if someone's a rock star in what they do, it's how they handle others, how they treat others, that is really going to be the deciding factors for me. Three things to keep in mind with your network. I want to leave you with one more thing because this comes up a lot. I think with our networks, when we build them, they're flatlined in that I reach out to either people I know or people who are at my level. If I was an individual contributor, that's who I'm reaching out to or out to. We think there's like a class system in networks. I hope the stories I've shared with you show that there is not. And I have a great friend, Sarah Canistra. Hi, Sarah, who helps L&D people find jobs. And she has some great networking advice that I'm going to pass on to you. I think she'd be okay with it. You want to have a balance in your network. You want to have that network that's active and living. Think of it as like a garden. You want to pull the weeds. You want to have a nice a variety of plants in your garden, in your network. So you want to have those peers, those friends. Yes, of course. Sometimes that's the only way I know what's going on with my friends is to look on LinkedIn. And I can be happy for them or I can know when they need something. But you also want to have others in your network who are in the industry you're in. And you connect with them and you say, hey, I'm looking to connect with other people who are in IT. And they will respond. 
You also want to maybe connect with people from your alma mater or a certification program, something like that, that you have those commonalities. That's that kind of prairie landscape I talked about, that that one line thing. I love this piece of advice that Sarah gives. Connect with decision makers. Often we feel like we're being a burden or being too full of ourselves to reach out to leaders, to reach out to maybe the person who that job you applied for might report to. I feel like LinkedIn is a very safe professional place where you aren't really being a stalker. It is for networking. Reaching out to a hiring manager and saying, I'm really interested in this role. Do you have 15 minutes to talk to me about it? Or I just really like that article that you wrote on LinkedIn, wanted to connect. If you build some decision makers into your network, they will start to see you. They will learn your name. They will learn your work ethic, your style, your skills. That can pay off massively for you. That is when someone might be proactive, and I've seen it happen. I had it happen to a client who very grudgingly was doing a LinkedIn interaction with people of commenting on their articles, offering insights, reposting. Someone I work with made a comment in an article for someone in the C-suite, and they suggested a different approach. And I remember them emailing me with a copy of it saying, I will never work for ABC Company. And about a month later, ABC Company reached out to them and said, no one ever made me look at it that way. I'd like to talk to you. They got an interview. They got a job. Again, I say this all the time. It takes one. It takes one email, one interview, one application, one phone call to get you a job. You want to make sure that you are opening every door, every window, every opportunity. You are making your own success. That's it for networking for now. It's a topic I think I could talk about forever. Maybe I'll have some friends on to also share their success with this, but keep in mind You need to take every arrow in your quiver in the job search, regardless of the workplace environment. If it's great, if it's bad, focus on you and make sure you are positioning yourself for success every step of the way. You are treating everyone with respect, with courtesy, with professionalism, that you are being yourself and true to yourself and your values but that you make sure that you're not just laser focused on one area, that you do open those other opportunities for yourself. You would be amazed at the positive changes that will come. I never thought in a million years, three years ago, uh, I'd be where I am right now. I've never been happier professionally, but even going back to that, story I told you about the recruiter, Margaret, is her name. She opened a whole new career path for me, which changed my life for the better. I never would have pursued it on my own. I owe all of these people a tremendous debt because they helped me see a future for myself I never conceived of. I still did the work. 
I wouldn't have had the opportunities without them, but I don't think they would have given me the opportunities if I hadn't been a person who did the work, who had the skill. Think of what piece might be missing in your job search. You probably have done the work and the skill. It's getting that network that serves you. And make sure, beyond everything else, that even now, or when you're at that better place, you return the favor, if not to those people, to others in your network. And that's it for me for today. I hope you learned something out of this. I wish you every success in your job search. I hope that you find the future you deserve. Thank you. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out-of-work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sulat. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at ssulat at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast, I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.